1: so we're talking about all these people moving to alberta why because it's expensive everywhere else it's pretty expensive here too that's the reality of it we did that story right where the cost of living in canada if you take a look at the major cities and uh, they broke it down uh, you still got toronto and vancouver right at the top of the list but uh, calgary i think was number two or maybe even number one and regardless all four of these cities calgary edmonton toronto vancouver are within about 500 bucks of each other. And when we say cost of living, that goes beyond just that housing element that we were talking about, right? Now you're incorporating, well, everything. When they say, you know, what, how much does it take to make a living? Well, this is what it takes. This is what it takes in Edmonton. This is what it takes in Toronto. This is what it takes in Calgary. This is what it takes in Vancouver. And they're all within about $500 a year of each other because of things like insurance and um electricity. There's other factors that go into play. So affordability affects the way that we do things within this country and we're talking about the net migration to alberta and we'll take more of your calls on that in just a minute but first um with this migration and this cost of living situation what's being done right we we've seen certain things right remember the gas tax was paused for a while there were some some electricity rebates that were offered for a while and different provinces have done different things but is there more that governments could do to help or at least not make things worse. That might be where we start with this, but is government doing everything they can do? Jerome Gesseroli is a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute. He leads the Sound Economic Policy Project at the British Columbia Institute of Technology and recently wrote a piece that appeared in Globe and Mail on this, this very topic. So Jerome, in the article that you wrote, if I have it right, the basic assertion here is, well, thanks for joining us, first of all, I apologize. Thank you for being here, I appreciate your time. Um your your basic assertion in the piece is government actually gets in the way more than anything else right when it comes to improving affordability Yeah, first uh shay thanks for having me on your show
0: um yeah that's uh that's a one big element uh, of of the problem is that uh, that there are benefits that our economy can can uh um, can can benefit consumers with, and usually it's in competitive environments. It's lower costs for goods and services, and goods and services that people truly want. The problem is, is that often the government gets in the way of allowing people to to benefit from those from the uh, from the competition, from the economy, and it's in two ways. Either the government will siphon off those benefits to themselves through higher taxes, or they'll protect a small local. Uh, constituency uh, from protect them from competition, resulting in higher prices, therefore, again, costing uh, consumers uh, more money.
1: Now, okay, so where do we put the the various attempts? And like I mentioned, there's gas tax suspensions, all kinds of spending during the pandemic and post-pandemic and all the rest of that stuff. We have seen some programs to try and help us all deal with what in reality is a pretty upside down world over the past few years. So, did, I mean, does that help? Does that hurt? Do they need to do more? How do you quantify those? well, obviously, obviously, some of those uh, programs can help.
0: but what I tried to point out is that there are some fundamental uh things that the government can do and it's basically just kind of get out of the way a little bit and it doesn't create any extra bureaucracy. It doesn't divert spending to hiring uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, bureaucrats to to provide the to pass on the the uh, uh the financial benefits to people it's just a matter of easing up on some of these policies to allow people to fully benefit from uh you know uh, imported goods or competition or or uh, you know whatever the market uh whatever the market brings to uh brings to the economy
1: Okay, so let's go through some of this, because uh, you make some great cases in the piece that you wrote. You talk about regulations and red tape, and I hear that a lot, Jerome. When we ever talk about, you know, anything to do with business, with zoning, with trying to get things done in this country, um, I hear from people who say, there's just so many barriers, it's so hard. You talk about that, right? So even new business models, things that could help Canadians, we just can't access them quickly and efficiently. I mean, there are massive barriers to, to new ways of doing things.
0: Well you know you're right, you're right there Shay. absolutely and in the real estate sector is a is a very good example of that at the municipal level, the amount of 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 applications and permitting uh, the processes that that developer has to go through is uh, you know it's just incredible, and uh, you know I know from it specifically in Vancouver, but I suspect that it's quite similar uh, throughout uh, major Canadian uh, Canadian cities. Um, but you know even back to what I wrote in in the article, even if we looked at tariffs on clothing and shoes, none this is something that's fundamental all to all Canadians, and it impacts even lower income Canadians even more because they spend proportionately more of their uh, their earnings on on clothing and and footwear, et cetera. we still have tariffs. Yeah. Uh, up to eighteen percent, and but tariffs are usually to protect, uh, you know, a significant domestic industry. But about ninety-five percent of the clothing and, and footwear that we buy in Canada is not produced in Canada; it's imported. So we have this this tariff, and one could argue it's a little bit of a relic, you know that that hasn't been that hasn't been uh, removed when it when it ought to have been. And that Retail Council of Canada estimates that uh, it could benefit. Up uh, to five billion dollars a year, Canadians, if the government reduce uh, remove those tariffs.
1: I mean, that's just—it's frustrating to, to hear that that kind of information. But you go—I mean, even talking about existing businesses, like—and we point the finger at air travel. I was really interested in the piece that you wrote, pointing out that air travel—we we we point fingers at the airlines and all the, a lot of the cost, a lot of the problems that we have around air travel. Again, because the government just gets in the way, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We have had a couple of rounds
0: of deregulation in, in the past uh, where there was more competition and some prices were, were lowered. But what we're seeing is, is layers of fees yeah, being added yeah. on to the ticket price. And a lot of those are embedded where we don't obviously see them, but they're there. And so, for instance, the government charges rents to major airports in, in Canada, and it collected over $400 million in rents. Uh, from these airports, yet it only reinvested about forty million dollars back into the airports for modernization and expansion purposes. Well, that's not enough. So what the airports have to do is that they have to charge directly air travelers, and that is an airport improvement fee of some sort. And so that increases the cost of the uh, uh, of air travel. It's it's this sort of thing that that these are fairly straightforward policy prescriptions, um, but for some reason, uh, the government, uh, you know, is, is, is uh, just turning a blind eye to
1: them. And it's very different from other countries, right? I mean, they other countries, air travel, it, they don't have that kind of burdensome government charges, right? Well, I mean,
0: um, I, 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 I'm not a I'm not a specialist in yeah, the aviation yeah. industry, but uh, I know in the United States um, the uh, the fees are substantially lower. Now, you know, I get it. We can't compare directly air travel in Canada to the United States because yeah. we've got such a, a dispersed population, population yeah. and such a you know large geographic area. So the air firms are going to be higher here, but but they're they're higher than even they
1: they ought to be because of. Uh, these these government policies and the fees that they're adding on. When we talk about cost of living in this country, one of the things that's been top of line for everybody for about a year and a half, two years, is the cost of food, cost of groceries. That's been a big one. It's outpaced the other inflation that we've been talking so much about. And you may mention something in the piece, and a few of our callers raised it just yesterday. We were talking about the cost of food, and that's what our government does with supply management and, and how that impacts us. That's another thing that our government has decided to do that ultimately ends up costing us more money right well absolutely
0: the supply management system's been around now for 45 years and and it it basically makes staple uh, products more expensive for all Canadians: milk, butter, you know, dairy products, chicken, things like that. And uh, you know, there's some researcher at the University of Toronto a few years ago. They estimated that the average Canadian household could save about $440 a year if we had eliminated the supply management system if we allowed for for competition. And uh, again, this would benefit mostly lower income people, the ones that are really, really, really hurting. The most from these inflationary pressures. Um, so when the government says, "Oh yeah, we uh, you know we have your back and we're we're trying to uh, you know we're trying to make life more affordable," well, you know,
1: here are some specific things they they can look at yeah. that truly will make life more affordable. Yeah, I mean, we often point to you know, give us some money back, give us a rebate on this, give it, and, and you make a really great case. I mean, if they really want to help Canadians quickly easily, just get out of the way in a lot of places. Just get rid of some of these costly rules and regulations they have in place.
0: Yeah, exactly, Shay.
1: Yeah, that was one of my main points, yes. Jerome, it is great insight, really interesting stuff. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your time.